Hello, weary travelers, and welcome back to Recorder on the Wall. I'm your host, Drew. I'm Katie. I'm confused. Oh, wait, no, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> and apparently I've been demoted, so okay, I'm Peter. <laughs> <laughs> no more Peter. Revolution. <laughs> hey, you want the Papa Abbott chains and having to write the web code and better the audio and all that other fun stuff? You can have it. So I don't, I, no, dude, I, don't I, give I that responsibility myself. to me. Nothing will get done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today on the podcast, we're looking at Legend of Luke, book one. Hey, didn't we already cover this? Hey! No, I refer sort of. you back to episode... Was it 10? I should have looked that up beforehand. I am so... Hang on, I'll, I'll look it up right now. <laughs> well, technically we covered this because, as we're going to find out, a lot of stuff in this is just recycled from Moss Flower. <laughs> yes. And a few other books. Yeah. Oh. But yes, uh, where we're, we're going Welcome to Welcome to the Legend of Deadbeat Dad. I mean, Luke. <laughs> oh. Oh. Not inaccurate. No. Uh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, Luke, uh, we don't actually see him in this first section, but, uh, he's definitely a effect. Yeah, it was episode 10. Good eye, Katie. So. Yes. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> oh, I, I guess it is, isn't it? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was just right there. <laughs> uh, so, yes, when we le last left Legend of Luke, we found out Luke is a terrible parent. Yes. Yep. He he went out to go. He went out for cigarettes, and never returned. I mean, he went out, went out for sea rats and never returned. <laughs> yes. Well, well, you don't go on a nature walk on the ocean, so pleasure nature cruise. swim. See, I think Mister Squirrel is a better father than Luke. <laughs> <laughs> he was around for longer. <laughs> yeah, he kind of was. <laughs> wow. Uh... This is starting off really dark. I'm pretty sure uh, Farago is a better father than Luke. At least he spends quality time with his son. <laughs> eh, we haven't gotten to him yet. No, we but haven't. Funny you mention that. We actually have uh, canon couples for the first time in this. What? I mean, not the first time we saw him, met him. Matthias and Cornflower a long time ago, back in Metameo, but uh, yeah. Chronologically, this is the first time we see canon couples. Yeah, Ferdy and Cogs. <laughs> They're brothers! Oh, that's gross, dude. <laughs> this, this is, what do you think this is, Game of Thrones? <laughs> I mean, uh, copyright. <laughs> oh, what's okay. that HBO? What's this, what's this cease and desist order? Oh. <laughs> I figure it's, uh, if it's bad enough, it can't be copyrighted. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's... Okay. Um, so, yeah, what. But basically, when we left off chronologically, yeah, Coder had fallen, and uh, we're going to build ourselves an abbey. Yay! Hooray! And, uh, yeah, we actually see the abbey under construction in this book. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, people were. Or Trimp, the, the hedgehog that we meet, who's the roving hedgehog, she's like, yeah, I've never heard of Redwall, and. And Freddie and Cogs are like, oh, you won't be saying that when it's done. And, and that's kind of true. Like, in current times, everyone's heard of Redwall. 
we'll see in the later books that Redwall starts getting a reputation with how many invasions they repel, that vermin <laughs> have actually reason not to go there. Yes. <laughs> it's cursed. But, but that doesn't happen until about Tagarung, which is yes. a little ways off. Which oh, is yeah. kind of funny, because they're like, oh yeah, Clooney the Scourge, okay, fair. And then he's like, Slagar the Cruel, I'm like, that was not an invasion. And then he's like, Farago the Assassin, I'm like, okay, yet yeah, that was not Redwall, like, <laughs> you guys are getting your history mixed up. <laughs> also, there's something unique about this one, I think this is the only, timeline-wise, the only book that happens before Redwall that doesn't start off with a prologue of someone telling the story. I noticed that too, yeah. Yeah. Granted, considering book two technically is the backstory, and considering the events of what we're going to cover, I'm going to go with book one is the prologue. A giant prologue. <laughs> Biggest prologue yeah. ever. Oh my god. Uh, this is also notable because at least in this portion, at least Legend of Luke is odd, as we stated the last time we covered it, where it isn't one continuous story, it's... a kind of a Martin finding his dad, finding hearing the story, and then going home, there isn't a big bad here. At least not one over all three books. So, mm-hmm. and we don't have, we don't actually see, like, things from the villain point of view, at least in this first portion. First portion. <laughs> yeah. And that's unusual for Jake's style, because normally, I mean, if you look at every other book we've covered so far, we do see portions from the villain, like, villain POV. Yeah, there's been a blank the blank in each one. Yeah. Looney the Scourge, Slagger the Cruel, Badrang the Bad Tyrant. Ring. Yep. Sarminia the Crazy. So. <laughs> the Magnificent, excuse you. Oh, yeah, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Fabulous! <laughs> My lord. <laughs> yeah. This feels, uh... There's another series by the Japanese author uh, Nisio Isi, and he wrote a extension of one of his books called Nisei Monogatari, and it was never supposed to be published. But his publishers were like, your fans will love this! And so they did, and it came out to great aplomb. This feels a lot like that. It feels like a little more self-indulgent, like... Jake's just like, oh, yeah, well, I do want to tell them about what happened to Luke, but considering the the first section, we never even see Luke for 173 pages. Mm-hmm. It, it felt very formatted uh, compared to the previous books, which are also, I mean, a little bit formatted, but it was like, they're like, you gotta, you can't just have, like, 120 pages. He's like, why not? Like, well, that's not a Redwall book. That's a novella. He's like, hmm. Martin and friends go on adventure. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I doubt Jake Smith wanted to skip the opportunity to write another golf story. Because, as we said last time, this is his author avatar. So. To me, it feels like he had the idea for another Martin Goff story, but didn't have enough to fill a book, and had the ideas for a Luke backstory, but also didn't have enough to fill a whole book, so he just Which, mashed them together. I would argue, like we were talking about last time with book two, I would argue that he could have made that a full book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'm also done with Goff, because he named his kid Gonflet. <laughs> I think that was just a nickname. Oh. Like you know, well, yeah, at the end of well, Mossflower, we find out he is Gonf, son of Gonf. 
Well, Don, Gon, too. Gon, Junior, whatever you want to call him. Yes, Gon, so Junior. I think Gonflet is just. I I hope. I I will say that I hope Gonflet is just a nickname. <laughs> He's my little boy, Gonflet. <laughs> Rhymes with Gonflet. <laughs> because you can wear you him like name. A love. But, uh, yeah, so we start off... If, t- tell me if this sounds familiar. We start off with a roving... Uh, a roving character. Ding! Rusted Nodre. Oh, no, no, sorry, it's not Rusted Nodre. Um, it's, uh... Trimp the Roving Hedgehog. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Who uh, arrives to tell Redwall the, st- the background story of Martin the Warrior. And we shall go... Oh, wait, never mind, that was Martin the Warrior. <laughs> yeah. Hmm... And we're gonna have to, uh, we're gonna head uh, head to find out what actually what really happened. Uh, wait, I don't think we have a book like that. Uh, so, hmm. yeah, okay. I have a like, cliche meter. Uh, counter. Like if this say. were a video podcast, I'd put in a counter gag. <laughs> Just need a ding every time. Yeah. <laughs> Not impossible, but I think I'm too lazy when it comes to my editing for this, for that. So, a okay. Well, it does uh, take so a long time to edit these. So Yeah, for those of you who are listening to us who get the bright idea of starting your own podcast, more power to you. The field needs more good people. But understand if you if you are doing bare minimum, it's gonna t- for every hour of audio you record, expect to spend two on it. I do yeah. more than that. But I'm a little bit I'm a I won't say perfectionist because I've let obvious things go in the past. But it's not just editing audio. It's building your own website. It's doing social media. It's getting your name out there. And it's a lot of work. There's a reason people like Market Player on YouTube or, you know, insert another person or, or Serial or insert another podcast here. This is a lot of freaking work, and catching lightning in a jar is not not easy. We're lucky. We're very fortunate to have about the 50-person or so audience members that we have, and we really are grateful to you guys for listening to us. Uh, talk about this every two weeks or so, but you know we're. I'm also fine with the fact that we're not like the top one in iTunes. We're famous. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just uh, ranting about podcasting. Uh, well, there's plenty of stuff in this section of book to rant about, so let's get. <laughs> I don't even think we've actually started the story. Yet. No, okay. Trent makes it to Redwall. There we go. Yeah, so Trimble arrives at Redwall, and, okay, as one of the few positives of this portion of the book, I'd like to say I like the fact that it's obviously been a long time since the, or at least a decent amount of time since the end of Mossflower, and the Abbey, you know, literally has not been built in a day. Like, they're still uh-huh. working on it, and I like the fact that they're showcasing that it is a huge undertaking to create this building. Yes, and that's my first inconsistency that I found. Trimp, when she meets Freddy and Cogs, they're described as old hedgehogs, okay? So they were babies when Martin was, say, in his 20s? So how old is Martin here? 50s, I would, be, I would, ven- okay. I would venture. So um, it's, He's it's definitely just, graying. Yeah, okay. It's just confusing me because, you know, like, later on when he meets Luke's friends, they're like, oh, you look so young. But I'm like, okay, if, if the baby hedgehogs are now old, that must mean Martin is old, right? Well, I didn't read them I didn't read them as old, old. I read them as adult. Okay. Yeah. I thought the they've grown up. 
I thought the description but said old, but... It, I, it did. Okay. So, yeah, it is weird. Um, let me find... I can pull up... Yeah, it says two sturdy old hedgehogs. Okay. Yeah. So, if you take old to be, like, 50s or 60s, and you take Martin to be at least 15 years older than them, then you're getting up into, like, the <laughs> mid-70s for Martin. I'm like, wait, well, that doesn't uh, make any sense. What's, what's the well, obviously, like? Martin's a Highlander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I... Again, the aging is never really consistent in this series, and I'm not knocking it because, but some some creatures seem to age a lot faster than others, which you'd expect. Real yeah. life mice only live about two, maybe three years. Yeah. Um, but, I can attest to this. I had a pet mouse that lasted about that. And long. badgers seem to never die in this series. So, no. <laughs> from uh, old age, almost never die of natural causes. There is one. But it's we're a long way off from that. Which so, one? Wait, natural which causes Prega. for a bad. Prega gets shot time. in the chest with an arrow, and Does dies like two yeah. days later. I would say oh. Bella. Bella would die of natural causes. Yeah, Bella okay, definitely yeah. dies of natural causes. And she yeah, lasts no. all the way to Og- end of Outcast of Redwall. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Actually, she lasts into when... the epilogue of Outcast of Redwall. <laughs> oh. So yeah, I mean. She, everyone that is alive in this book is dead by the time she's, she, she dies. So. <laughs> Which, it's also, that kind of made it hard for me to get attached to any of the characters in this section. I'm like, well, I know they're not going to be in the next book. They're all going to be long dead by then. So, anyway, Trip makes it, she runs into Ferdian Cogs who take her to Redwall, and, yeah, it's under construction. Here's, we don't know how long it's been. Uh, I've I kind of gathered about two years from just kind of reading this. You know, you guys can agree or disagree with that, but I think yeah, it's been about I two years. Know. Yeah, let's go with that. Sure. And the reason I, I say this, the reason I say this, one, it Martin is, uh, not Martin, Redwall itself is, I wouldn't say it's complete, but it's definitely past 50% constructed, probably getting getting up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, based on what we're told, and um, and uh, based on the character we're going to f- talk about shortly, yeah, I would I would venture about two years. So, and so yeah, I, I, she. Oh, sorry, I was going to say I do like the touch of the outer wall being completed before the main building. Like it makes sense from a logical perspective. So this way they'd be protected from any oncoming attacks. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very it's very smart to think that those Kotir soldiers that you disarmed and exiled, yeah, you promised to kill them, but they very well could come back. So, I bet there's a fanfic about that somewhere. Yeah. Well, we already said what Ashlight was up to, but that's yeah. Story. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, when we did that fanfic episode, one of the ones I found was Badrang showing up at Redwall, so. Uh, I'm not dead! Zombie badgering? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was, I'm not, hey Martin, I'm not dead. <laughs> that was like the whole thing. Based on how, Mar- based on what we hear from Martin shortly, uh, he might even not even know who badgering is. Uh, yeah. At that point. <laughs> huh? Who are you? Blows the head and comas he's been in, I think he's lucky to remember who he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and address this right up, because Trim. Trim. What triggers Martin's memories here 
Trent sings this huge ballad about mem of names that Martin heard as a kid, and he's like, "Hey, you might know something about me." And, and she's like, "Nope, just the song." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I kind of can remember my childhood, but there's a lot missing because I've been beaten to death a few times." <laughs> Man, and I wish we... Yeah, we I, made we should... a joke about brain damage more than once with this character, but he outright admits it in this book, yeah, all, yep. the, all the woundings I've taken have messed with my memories, and I'm like, when I read that, I'm like, oh, I complete. I never remembered he said that. Yeah. He <laughs> made that joke up. Yeah. Well, you know what? They're lucky they can ask Tim Ballista. Where's he? Oh. Sir not appearing in this book. Oh, yeah. Dead eight, you know, six feet under. But, I mean, that could make sense, though, because I bet the life of an ore slave is pretty hard. Yeah. And they said that he passed away during the first uh, harsh winter, which that actually shows that, you know, building the abbey and, like, the reason why they built the abbey is they couldn't handle, you know, the elements and things like that. Granted, it makes me wonder how come they didn't just live in Brock Hall during that, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I and I've contradicted myself. <laughs> I would presume they lived in Brock Hall. I would, I would venture to say Katie's right here. Tim, he he would have just... Hit, being an ore slave for that long would have aged him very fast. Yeah. And I don't think... It, the fact that he dies in the middle of winter, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And, and it's also writer's convenience, because Tim could be like, hey, everything Martin just told you about his origin, yeah, he's lying. Well, <laughs> Everything. Well, actually, he wouldn't know about Martin's adventures in Martin the Warrior because, like, no. Tim Ballista's perspective, it's, yeah, you and your grandma just disappeared one day and we never found you again. Wait, what Where happened to your grandma? Go? Um, <laughs> I won't say it again because it's, yeah. it's callous every time I do it. <laughs> Grandma's dead. Uh... <laughs> So that that's what I would see from Tim Ballista's perspective of actually because all point. Martin said was I stayed for the cliffs for a while and then left and Tim Ballista would be like yeah you did leave and we never saw you and I could imagine Tim Ballista would have been taken as an or slave during the time of Martin the Warrior. Mm-hmm. Well, as we saw when we covered Luke Book Two, by the time Luke had swung the ship back, caves were abandoned. Now. We don't know what happened. Martin's obviously already gone at this point. But it, were they all taken as ore slaves? Did Tim choose to move them somewhere less, you know, less <laughs> obvious target? Yeah, considering two ships had already shown up there at some point, so it's like, yeah, let's find a place that's not going to get us killed. We genuinely he was impromptly taken as an ore slave, so it shows what he knows. <laughs> yes. Wow. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, Trent walks into the Abbey, and we see Gomph, who is, uh, marriage has done things for, he's, uh, he's definitely put on some weight. He's <laughs> definitely he described a, as a little fatter. Uh, yeah. than he was and he was already stuff. kind of pudgy in Moss Flower, I think. Doesn't seem like, to slow him down much, though. Uh, no. No. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, you can definitely tell his thieving days are kind of over because there's no, no one to steal from. Yep. He's also a liar because <laughs> it's pretty obvious that he, he, his wife, and his son, Gauntlet, uh, 
<laughs> are uh, living at the Abbey, not St. Ninian's. So. Where is he but, a liar? Uh, he, he mentions... He mentions that they oh. live there from time to time. That's it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll take that back then. The vacation <laughs> home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like, man, like, I hope uh, it never turns to a den of evil in later times. <laughs> Their vacation home ten up. minutes away. Like it doesn't seem like it's that far away. So it's like, yeah, we're sick of you guys. We're just gonna go to our vacation home, which is like ten minutes away. Or arguably, they just drop Gauntlet daycare at the Abbey and go home. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're gonna hang out then, with uh, Martin for a while. But yeah, we not only do we have a a canon couple, which yeah we've seen before, but they have a kid. So, um, owing to our family-friendly structure, they they harvest the cabbage fat, right? (laughs) (laughs) The stork came by. Yeah, we'll go with that. That is how it happens. Yep. (laughs) Um, And, uh, so after Martin hears a little bit about Luke from a song, which... Don't worry, Martin. You're not the first character to turn the first person to turn emo after listening to a song about a deadbeat dad. He goes, he like he just kind of starts hanging off by himself, and they're like, "Something's wrong with Martin. Let's talk behind his back." <laughs> what? Just ask him what's wrong. <laughs> like instead, they put together this whole thing of like, "I wonder what could be wrong with him." Oh, he started acting like this after he heard that song. Maybe he wants to go see his dad. Yeah. Damn, man, it would have been so much easier if we would have just asked him these questions directly. Well, doesn't he, like, not talk about his problems, though? Like, if they asked him if, if what was wrong, he'd be like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> and they would have said, no four-letter F-words out of you, mister. This is a PG book. <laughs> Wait, what? Fine. It's fine, a four-letter this is a letter Oh, <laughs> Oh, where where is my mind ran, running? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I have to try so hard for this podcast to keep it peachy. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So, in, so instead of asking about his problems, they just kind of plan behind his back and welcome him in to congratulate him on being a great warrior. And then they say, "Now have fun on your trip." And he's like. What trip? What are you talking about? And they're like, well, we know you want to go see your dad, and all we have to go on is some old lyrics and your crappy memory, so <laughs> have fun! And uh, Gom's like, oh yeah, I'm going with him. And Dinny's like, yeah, me too. I'm totally going, and Trim's like, well, I just arrived here after a long and perilous journey, but hey, I'll go with you guys too. <laughs> Uh, I also want to point out that before they did electively to decide to depart, uh, Martin is his child rearing skills have considerably improved. We're outright told Dibbins uh, pretty much take him captive at one point, and he bears it all with actually a pretty good attitude about it. Yeah. So instead of wanting to hug them around the neck like he did with the freaking squidgies, but. <laughs> Well, to be fair, the Dibbins aren't enslaving and whipping him. No, that's true. And and trying to break his back by making him carry them around, so, yeah. It's just what kids do. (laughs) Torture. Wow. It's what kids do. 
And so Martin and his group leave, and less than a day out, they run into a bunch of crazy weasels, because apparently everything about ten feet away from Redwall is horrible death. <laughs> Tiny I, weasels, yes. I might add. Who have so appeared, squidgy weasels. Who have appeared in, in publication order before. Yeah, we, they show up in another book, right? The Mary Ellen Redwall. They do? Yeah. Oh, they do? And Sable oh. Queen, I believe. Okay. Uh, I I just thought they were just in a, a, an invention here, just to give, give, give no, something I, to do. <laughs> you said Mariel of Redwall, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, was, I remembered hearing that. I couldn't remember if it was which one it was. I was thinking of Long Patrol because I remember they find like a bunch of tree bound psychos in that one too. That was a uh, painted ones. Painted ones. Okay. Yep. Which are from Mateo. So. Yeah. Yep. I I don't think any of the villains in this book are any original thing. I think Jake was like, okay, I need to create some danger. They just can't have a smooth journey because I've got a whole book to write. So I know, I'll just recycle everything from previous books. <laughs> oh, and and recycle he does. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the flitch-eye we- weasels, um, at first I was, when I was reading this, because I didn't remember they were connected to Mariel Redwall, but I was just like, Martin, why are you bothering? You already stated that they're no threat. Redwall, why are you going out of your way to fight them? Oh, they've got a squirrel captive. Yep. Oh, okay. That, that's fine. A baby yep. squirrel. Yep. That's dark. Is he a baby? They say yeah. he's like, yeah, he's like the, a toddler. <laughs> yes. I, no, I, maybe I read that wrong because I thought, oh, he's not clear, maybe just beyond Dibbin stage, but then later he's described as a baby. Maybe I need to reread that. Hang on. Well, uh, apparently a baby hedgehog can age in two years, so, you know. <laughs> I'll say Martin is... Well, one here we go. The young squirrel who is little more than a dibbon, but later he is described as a baby. So. Okay. Well, Eight I mean... Well, I have a six-year-old niece, and I still call her, like... I have a six-year-old niece and a two-year-old nephew, and I still call them the babies. So, I mean, <laughs> it could be kind of a relative term. That's true. Also, the flitch, I like drugs. Yeah. Yes, no. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Knockout drugs. I see dead people. This stuff is great. No, it's not Salamanda Strain. Um, <laughs> that hasn't been developed it's... yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because Stone Pod already did it, so yeah, it has. <laughs> Stone Pod. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's some sort of knockout gas, and I guess the weasels are either immune to it or they're whatever. Nope. Oh, Flitch Eye kind of reminded me of um, my creepy oh, Uncle Tom. No, I was going to say Wait, what? I okay. can't remember the actual names, but uh, Squirrel House from Martin of Redwall. The, oh, the f- God Tribe. God Tribe, yeah. They kind of reminded me of them, except you know, more bloodthirsty. Yes, and stoned instead of drink. Well, instead of on E. <laughs> I was going to call them, I remember I called them a frat, but yeah. <laughs> or drunk. I will say Martin is pretty brave because he just waltzes into the camp, no weapon hands, and just starts making complete fools of the flitch eye and then pulls a trick of not, or gone throwing his sword in so it looks like it appears out of magic and then he frees the squirrel and he's like, see ya! And they all just kind of stand there like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of got Return of the Jedi vibes where Luke some, uh, tells R2 to throw his lightsaber. 
Mm. And it's a good thing golf is a good throw because that could have ended very badly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like something out of Galavan. <laughs> the TV show. Oop. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, but then the... Uh, I was about to call them the Gaw Tribe. Um, <laughs> the Fletch Eye. And so the Fletch Eye then take off after him, and they're like, quick, let's go in the water. And Denny's like, well, I'm afraid of the water. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'd be more afraid of a Fletch Eye Lance going through your gut. Uh, yeah. Get the water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then we get introduced to our Knock, Not Cheek the Otter, because that's exactly what he is. Sugar. <laughs> Yeah, Chugger. Yeah. Chug. What a name. Chug, Chug, isn't that what the God Tribe do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, to tell you the truth, the names in this one are not as silly. As no, they're, they're not that bad. It's not like in um, Lord Broctree, it was starting to get, that was when it was starting to get a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Fraggle Rock. I can't even remember what her actual name was. Uh, Floater, and yeah. That was the Martha Warrior, but yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Chugger's backstory. That's pretty dark. He was with Grandma. One day, Grandma wouldn't wake up, and then he was beaten and enslaved by the Fletch Eye so they could eat him. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 we meet the queen of the otters, which I actually I I like her. She's she's pretty cool. Let's get to her in a second, but yeah, this is not. Uh, it's I uh, is this the first time we've seen like mammal vermin actually? Oh yeah, we're going to eat you, kind of thing. Um, um yes, I I mean rackety tam happens, but that's not for a while. Yeah. So as far as I can remember, I think this is the first instance of that. I think you're right, yeah. But it, it was just like, oh, okay, they're, they're going to eat him. That's not disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Dark. Uh, the, the, the whole flitch eye thing is kind of dark in the first place. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they meet a bunch of otters, and am I the one who doesn't get the joke of the otter kids stealing spoons? Uh, I... I had was, the impression that they were using them as paddles or something, like, for their boats. That was I don't my know. impression. Mm. Okay. Oh, we also have the Queen in the North! No, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is a Game of Thrones joke. We have Garraway Bolo. Did I say that one right? Yeah, I believe so. There's no, there's really no audio for this one. But oh, okay. I think... I can mispronounce everything! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Garraway Bolo, who is this? She's the literally the she's told where the she's the queen of a of an otter hole. Which oh. I don't think that happens in Redwall territory because all of the skippers have been male, and I think that's addressed in High Relane. Like, according to otter law, you can't have a female leader except for you know other places. This one. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, and uh, are they... But, dumb question. Is this the River Moss they're I, walking around? I don't know. I no idea. There, there's a, a part... Stream. There's a part later on that actually reminded me of a part of 
Martin, or Martin the Warrior, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but we'll we'll get there. I'm, one se- I'm seeing if I'm seeing if there's a uh, a map. Usually there is. Oh yeah. There is a map, but they don't name the actual river. Helpful. Yeah, uh, compared to what we see in other maps, I think this is north of the River Moss, like a separate stream. Okay. Yeah, it's just called Stream. <laughs> Helpful. Unless oh, it's that, uh, North that's... Fork Stream. There we go. Yeah, there is that. That was a real place. Well, yeah, I, it I looks mean, there like was some part of me like... It looks like the one they're on right now is perpendicular to the River Moss. Oh, no, wait, this is, that's a ditch. What? Yeah, hang on. I'm I'm confused. I'm looking at I'm looking at an actual Redwall map. Oh, I was just looking at the one in the book. Oh yeah, I'm comparing the two. Hang on. Okay. Now, well, while you do that, uh, Martin does cool sword tricks. Do 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 do. Yes, he does. Because <laughs> golf goes him into it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so it, I will say it was kind of pointless, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then I, I'd like to. Okay, po- now that's weird. What? I'm just the consist. Okay, look, consistency is not exactly the best thing when it comes to this series, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not finding a consistent map of where the river runs, because part of what I was wondering, like, why aren't you taking your ship that you had in the last book and you refloated into a cargo barge for the help of the sandstone out to your dad's case? So, unless they Um, take it... I'm going to go with Jake's forgot about that ship. (laughs) While we are reading this right after reading Mossflower, this book came, what, like 10 years after Mossflower was completed? Probably. So yeah. I'm going to go with... Okay, yeah. Favorite. It looks like, uh, yeah, looks like I could have been. No, it's... This is weird. And okay, I'm not going to about this anymore. As for the maps, I just think that animals are horrible cartographers. There we go. Yeah, we're going to go with that. So, yeah. We're gonna worry. I'm not gonna worry about it. So I was wondering why why weren't they taking their ship? And uh, also, if they're just on a stream, maybe the ship wouldn't work. I'll I'll I'll, I'll work with that. Yeah. So might be too I, big. I know nothing about ships and sailing, so <laughs> that uh, works I'm, for me. I'm just going by size because it sounded like the ship was huge and it was barely making its way up um, the river Moss. And if they're going on a smaller stream, then it probably wouldn't be practical to use a giant ship. That's fair. Yeah. That really is. So yeah, uh Martin and his Martin and his crew are saved by the the Burroughs otters and uh after they take them back to the Holt with again group of otters uh head their their uh house, I guess. Uh we're oh yeah, what happened to the Flitchye following us? Oh, mass genocide. <laughs> Wait, what? Whatever. Yeah. They're flitch eye. Nobody will miss them. <laughs> and that's literally kind of what we're told. Because yeah. Tri- Trimp is like, "Wait, you killed all of them?" But and she's like, "Yeah." I like, mean, they. Do you know what they do to us if they, they get the chance? They literally eat babies. Okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's yeah. the worst thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, 
I, I, di I wasn't going to knock Burrow off the hero list here for when I did the character diagramming, but I was tempted. Like, you just mass genocided 50, 50 weasels. Yeah, but they're <laughs> flitch eyes, so who cares? Oh, and uh, the flitch eye leader, he had, a, he had a wife, and now they're both dead. Oh, well. So not, we have a vermin couple. And nothing of well, value was yeah. lost. <laughs> we had a vermin couple, and now they're both dead. <laughs> <laughs> we have a vermin couple. Oh, no, we had one. Yeah. Because they're dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Super dead. <laughs> I'm sure we'll never see them again. Except right? in Mary Hilbert's wall, apparently. <laughs> so some of them survived. <laughs> and Sable Queen. Oh, okay. I haven't read yep. Sable Queen yet. Don't. Well, we're going to have to. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Eventually, we're going to have to. <laughs> uh... One thing I want to note, yeah, I'm going out of order with when normal he approach this thing. Uh, yeah, there is food porn, and it's glorious in this book, as always. Oh, the but we actually have a recipe. Oh, my goodness. I wanted oh, yeah. that so bad. We have a recipe. We have a genuine recipe for the first time. Yep. In a book, anyway. There is a cookbook, but that's not. But, uh, Gonf actually says, hey, here's a, how you make a, make a stew. Call, he calls Bubblin' Bob's. And he just tells them outright how to make it. Yep, and it sounds delicious, and I want it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, this whole meal that they're describing, I'm like, okay, I need that, please. If I could go into a book just to eat something, I totally would. So, yes, and, and cool. We It's kind of see, uh, see a, uh, a recipe inside of a book, and... Okay, we'll call a couple of names here out. We know that a, yeah, Queen Bullow is, yeah, she's, but a couple of her otters have, I won't say silly names, but, well, okay, I will. <laughs> we have her kind of, what's, I guess, second in command, Captain Barul. Okay, fine, I'm not going to. But one otter is named Datto, and I'm like, I'm sitting here like, really? <laughs> really? I hope that's just her, her, her pet name for him, you know, like, Daddy, but different. Yeah, <laughs> that's possible. Daddy, daddy. Uh, and since we're a family-friendly podcast, we're moving on. I, no, I was under the impression yeah. that that was actually her father. Yeah. Oh, I, that's, that's who he is. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, oh God, I am really, uh, really. My mind is in bad place. I am not today. making a dirty so, joke. I, I did. I did like the line of. I did like their line of, how do you know they're all slain? And they go, because we asked them real nice, and any who said they wasn't got fixed up good and quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> That's not dark at all. <laughs> Children's book. Again, they're flitch eye. They won't be missed. <laughs> and apparently they didn't miss any because they killed them all. Yep. Well, I'm sh Yeah. We'll see them later. <laughs> and where were they in the Kotir War? Eating babies in the woods, apparently. Yes. I meant the otters, but yeah. Oh. But you could, oh. yeah, you could ask about the ask about the flitchai weasels because I get the feeling Sarmenia would have like, hey, you're working for me now. <laughs> they probably would have been like, no, we want to eat you. <laughs> Knocked her out with the drugs. Yep. <laughs> that actually would have been a very helpful thing for Sarmenia to use in Moss Flower. Yeah. Huh. 
Well, okay, that's why she didn't use them, because the book would have been over. Actually, knowing the intelligence of her troops, they probably would have knocked themselves out. <laughs> that's true. Frog. Right. Hmm, what's this? What's in this? Is it more jam? Oh, no, it's not. Okay. Sweetie, <laughs> I've fallen asleep. <laughs> hey, what, what does this jar say? The Sister May, uh, May Special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't fly. The strawberries are magic. <laughs> oh, and oh, I, I got to point out, Martin is asked like, what kind of father Luke was, and he's like, well, I can't remember. And I'm, you know, I just kind of went, I think that says it all right there. Yeah, I thought oh. I thought about that too. I was going to bring that up if someone else didn't. <laughs> I was like, you don't want to know, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember my father. Doesn't that kind of say it right there, Martin? <laughs> He doesn't. Re- well, I would say he doesn't remember his mother, but she dies. Granted, she died when on. she was like a baby, so An infant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Luke just was like, "Bye, son." <laughs> I think he has issues. Luke's leaving is like cats in the cradle is playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he does remember his grandmother's name, but you could also make the argument he. Probably would have barely remembered her, especially after two beatings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So then they leave the otters and go on their way, and we have more villains showing up. Oh, and songs. But and before there's a lot before of we get to that, before we get to that, Martin's like, "Yeah, why is the stream damned?" And they're like, "Oh, we did that to create a slide for our little ones." <laughs> What? <laughs> like, Martin's like, we did that as a part of war in the last book, and you guys are doing it just to make a little play area. <laughs> well, I'm sure the babies yeah. appreciate it. Oh, that was the crash. Okay. Sorry, that was me throwing a bottle away. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, is everyone okay? Another! <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be that loud. So yeah, the whole time Martin keeps he he is mostly he's still the same guy. He's still friendly. He can definitely feel the guy love with Goff because they're best friends. Aww. Um, and it sounds but, like pretty close but, to Columbine as well. Yeah, the closer they get to the northern caves, the more uh, reserved he becomes. The more emo he becomes. You mean? Yep. <laughs> I didn't want to use that word. Yes. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, so they continue on. And then we get a mostly humorous routine of where the Martin and his crew, they they kind of pull faces at a rat standing on the shore, and rat does the same back, and then Trimp takes offense, and, okay, I'm going to kill you. Oh, I forgot about this guy. I forgot about this part, too. <laughs> There's so many villains that I'm just like, wait, Fletch Eye painted one? There are so many the- little villain groups. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, Mossflower is, like, just a massive death trap. Like, where were... Well, I, I get... You could, you could make the argument that for as evil as Sarmenia was and Kotir was, they kind of had an organizing effect on the local vermin. Now that she's not there to enforce her twisted version of law, it's anarchy. It's Mad Max. I was going to say, it's kind of like uh, the Kingpin and Spider-Man. You put him away, and then all the little groups start popping up. Sorry, I've been playing the new Spider-Man game. <laughs> nice. It's really good. And that's actually what the plot is. It's you capture the Kingpin, and he's like, now watch as the entire city gets taken over by mini-gangs. 
Yeah, one of my favorite book series does that same effect. Um, outside Redwall, I mean, it's called the Dresden Files, and hey. they mention one of the things is mentioned. If we take out this mob boss, we're gonna have a hundred enemies instead of one. Maybe we shouldn't. Is that the mob boss that appears in books one and two? That's the ones that I've read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, actually. Okay, cool. I li- I like that series. I'm just reading it slowly because job, life, work. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. I like it's kind of like blowing up an anthill, you know? You get rid of the big part, but then all the ants go flying everywhere. Yes. That's a weirdly specific <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> have you done this before, Jeremy? I, I actually have not. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, um, we get Gearfang and his kind of brain-dead son, Riddick, who <laughs> makes fun of Trimp, and Trimp makes fun of him, and they come to kill him, and our heroes hide, and then... And I, I I don't know whether to laugh or actually feel sorry for this rat because his dad kind of smacks him around saying, "Why are you wasting our time? <laughs> There's no one here." This is and another. We never hear from them again. Another abuse The entire time. <laughs> oh my! Wow. <laughs> yeah, and then the next major villain group are the Carrion Crows because no one puts a bell on Chuck. (laughs) No, right? So he, yeah, he gets captured by crows and then a bird whose name I totally forgot until I was looking back at my notes appears. Uh, Crar... Woodwatcher? Something like that. Woodwatcher. He's he's described as a goshawk and I didn't mark him as a hero like going to character mapping, but he's certainly an ally, so he's neutral. And he just likes, I think he just likes fighting, because this guy just picks on anyone who threatens the main group. Including uh, this mock, this mess of crows who captured Chug, who are going to eat him. That sounds familiar. Uh, I will say this, I just looked up uh, pictures of what a goshawk is, because I didn't know, and that's a really cool looking bird. Nice. Doing it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he... So this goshawk just basically kicks the crow's butt, he humiliates their leader but by tearing out his pin feathers so the guy can't fly, and he's like, Say, hey, Martin, here's your squirrel back. Yep. <laughs> I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> it's like, there's so much... Like, what purpose did this serve? Outside, also... Am I not uh, like most well, of the songs? Ha- most of the songs in this section of the book are like over a page long. Yes, there are. Many uh, I was songs. gonna. Well, uh, this, given this is written after Metameo and the Bone Maker, which we have yet to cover, uh, a friendly ally bird is kind of a thing. So. Yeah. True. Whether whether it's Strike Red Kite, Harry the Muse, or King What's His Face from Bone Maker, I don't remember. Oh, uh, McPherson. Yeah, that's or it. no, that's from Salmanstrom. Sorry. Yeah. K. Rule. <laughs> Confirmed in Smash Ultimate. <laughs> what a great looking game. That's the so, game yeah, we're the... going to promote today. <laughs> that and Spider Man. So the. Well, well I. Uh... Yeah. They're... Never mind. <laughs> so, then they uh, come across Strews, and because they're like, well, we need to get down this stream and. Man, Has it's lucky we ran into... happened yet? Huh? Has the swan happened yet? Because there was a swan. Oh, no, the swan's after they meet. The swans are back. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, is this Big Club? Because I don't think it is. No. I I, nope. Some he died during the winter, too. Yeah. 
We don't know. It's never said that it's Logalog Fermo. Maybe it's just so. another group of uh, shrews. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, it consi- I think we've established that consistency is not this book's strong point. No. No. Now this is a clip show. Yeah. This, you know, when you a TV show when they to save money, especially in animation, they'll show to make a clip show. This is what this is. <laughs> This is more like the clip show of like the second episode of Clerks, where they just keep referring back to the previous epi- like one episode, because every single thing that happens in this book feels like it's just a reference to Moss Flower. Because, hey, look, hey, they look. reached a stream they need to go down. Hey, look, there's conveniently Logalog to help them out. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I'm not saying... there. While there are certainly weaker books in this series than others, and this is a strong candidate for that, this isn't bad. No. But it's it's formulaic at this point. It yeah, is. It, it, I hate to say. It. And yeah. I mean, I enjoy all the Redwall books. Like they are my comfort reads, especially the audiobooks. Like I will read I will gladly read these. But yeah, this isn't my favorite. Yeah. I, I will say I think also we are a little because we're reading this right after Moss Flower, it's a little much because you know, since instead of reading this like I mean, granted, when this came out when I first read it, I was like, man, this first portion's going on for a while. I kind of want to know more about Luke, but at least it's entertaining. With this, we just read Moss Flowers, so we are noticing these inconsistencies a lot more easily. And the comparisons are a lot easier because we just read Moss Flower and are like, oh, it's fresh in our minds. And holy cow, we're catching this. Yeah. And as much as of an endurance match, endurance round as Moss Flower was, and it was, yeah. it's arguably one of the better books in the series. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I would it's definitely where Jake started to find his voice and you know and it's it's definitely more well it was definitely had more thought poured into kind of the the continuity. Yeah. Because it was establishing it. Yeah, my I was, here the only real problem I had with Mossflower was just the spacing out was a little off, but other than that it was a really my good book. My god, yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So they log, in, they run into Logalog for Mohish Root Tribe. I'm gonna go ahead and just say, as far as we're concerned, canon is that Big Club probably retired or died, and this is his chosen successor. Yeah. Yep. But and we we get we meet the real boss of the Shrews, his <laughs> wife, Honeysuckle, yep. and she is a treat. Oh yeah. <laughs> she she's got a great person. Oh no, wait, she doesn't. No, nope. she's got a great small part in this book. <laughs> uh, but you could, um, I, I, I don't want to say she doesn't have a loving marriage with Formo, but you can tell he enjoys the vacation uh, as he goes with bit. Martin's group. <laughs> also, so, yeah. speaking uh, of uh, reusing, the younger shrews don't know what a mole is. We had the exact same thing with the bats in Moss Flower. Yep. And more singing. Because, of oh. course, there's more singing. There is a lot of songs in this book. They're, Almost everybody gets yeah. one. And they're really long. Like, the the Luke, the one about Luke was fine because it set that up, but holy cow, there are way too many in this. And I feel like I'm repeating what I said in Ward Brock Tree, but this um, feels... Did Gonf lose his voice? 
Huh? Because he's supposed to be our songmaster here, and he doesn't really do any. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Gonf was the one doing all the little poems and things in Mossfire, and this one he doesn't. Huh. I think he was the and the completely thing. sensitive song about being inside of a swan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not giving that up. <laughs> hey, 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 stop. <laughs> the dog took exception to that. <laughs> <laughs> nope, stop. Okay, now she's licking my face. Crazy. Lie down. Down. <laughs> All right, we're good. <laughs> good bumper. Introducing for the first time a new guest. <laughs> yes, fawn the dog. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, and then yeah, now we've run into the swans. Yeah. I would venture these are the same swans. <laughs> <laughs> and Martin really should have known better. Yeah. And. The Goshawk comes back for five seconds to headbutt the swan. <laughs> yes. Well, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> the Goshawk is going to run wild on you. Swanomania. <laughs> come here. <laughs> uh, I think that's the first time I've done a WWE not having watched it all as a child that actually didn't sound terrible. <laughs> so, that was good. And, and he's not redacted anymore, so you can reference him. Yes, I can. <laughs> um, and Martin's like, I'll never forget what, what's his name? Krar. And I'm, I'm like, yep, good. You could never forget him, so I can. And I actually did forget about him until I looked back at my notes. Oh, uh, that's not where I thought you were going with that joke. What? I thought you were going to say something like, well, considering your history of brain damage, you might be surprised. <laughs> nope. I would have gone with the joke. I'll never forget. Martin, are you okay? <laughs> what? <laughs> Raisins. <laughs> oh, and then, uh, God, this is. So then they then they get sidetracked with otters, and well, at least it's not a repeat of another I, sequence from Mossflower. This is a completely separate holt of otters with their own skipper. Yeah, like two skippers and a queen in this in this book. If we get a jack, if we get a jack and a ten, we'll have a royal flush. <laughs> Well, we didn't mention them, but Lady Amber and the Prime Skipper are still alive back at Redwall. Yep. And I would presume the fact that they're staying behind to protect the Abbey since Martin's kind of leaving. Yep. So. I think they were helping to build it, too, because I think Lady Amber was up on the roof or something in the third book doing yep. some building or something. I don't know. And then... uh. And so the otters are the head of the otters, like, hey, you seen another otter around here somewhere? And they're like, no, we haven't. He's like, all right, uh, if you do, this is Skipper. Uh... <laughs> it's like the most cryptic message of all time, right here. Yeah, it's like this is why. Like, what? What do you mean? Have you like? Why do you ask? Oh, no reason. Just yeah. you know, just just wondering. Bye. <laughs> I mean, when we the last time we saw a pair of otter brothers, it was the prime skipper in the mask, and may the mask rest in peace, but <laughs> um, this is Skipper Tungro, and he runs a Holt, and he had a co-skipper, we're told, named Fulgrim, and this is who they're looking for, and they're like, hey, by the way, Martin, if you see Fulgrim, tell him, as long as he's mended his ways, he can come home. Yep, and they okay. leave, and Martin's an like, setup. that was weird, so, Logalog, you know anything about that? And Logalog's like, I totally do. Let me give you this whole backstory that I've only heard through gossip. 
Yeah, it's just funny because he's like, well, I don't know if I should say it, but I'm going to totally say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, Fulgrim, uh, I'm, I'm borrowing a very old reference that Jeremy and I would barely know mm. based on our own ages. Uh, this is Howland Man Murdoch from the A-Team. Would be my Oh, am I, I the only one who got that? I, okay. I've never watched the A-Team. I've only watched the movie oh. that came out some years ago, and that's actually really entertaining, but cheesy as hell. Mm. <laughs> so. that's, I think that's what the original show was supposed to be like, so it sounds like they got it right. Uh, how if Since I have to explain my joke here, uh, How and Mad Murdoch is one of the four from the original A-Team who is supposed to be kind of on the nuts side. Brilliant, but nuts. Ah. Mm. And that's that was my original writing. And what I didn't know is that he uh, is not just a little nuts. He's very nuts. Because well. when we meet Fulgrim, oh dear. <laughs> he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, definitely we one are... of the... I think he's technically a good guy, but he's a... Barely. He's a very dark good guy. Yeah. He's... You can tell that he has a good heart, but they do say, like, he... Essentially, was like tortured by sea rats and stuff, and like it sounds like he was a little overly aggressive when he was in his right mind, and getting beaten and covered in scars and losing an eye kind of pushed him a little over the edge. But he, it shows that you know he's not attacking Martin's group or anything, and he does act relatively friendly to them. So he's not. He's not a bad guy. He's just tr- very, 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 very troubled. Yes. Unless you're one of the two water rats torturing him, then he bites your neck. <laughs> yeah, but they were water rats that were torturing him. It, you know, it's not like they were good. <laughs> I, I'm okay. I'm not. I'm not denying the fact that he had the right to fight back. I'm just. Uh, it was again one of these moments where I'm sitting down reading this on my Kindle, and I'm like. I don't think I've ever seen a feral kill like this. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, this was kind of creepy. Because he's like, hmm, nice neck. I think I'll bite it. <laughs> yep. Uh, we learn in this book that Fulgrim hates necks. <laughs> it's not only that. It's not only does he kill kill the rat by biting, breaking his neck with his with a bite, which mm-hmm. is what predators do, and probably what a real life otter would do to a rat. Mm-hmm. Uh. He, uh, we're co- it's a kind of implied, he's gonna... and Martin tries to laugh us off half-heartedly. Oh, he's not going to eat the rat. Yes, he is. Yep. <laughs> and like, yeah, he's Martin, like, eat a no fire one, for you cooking. are fooling nobody. Martin is not fooling anybody. We all know, it's kind of implied here that, well, yeah, he's about to eat them. Well, because Trim's like, he's not going to eat him, is he? And Martin's like, no, he's totally not doing that. Martin, why are you looking back and forth as you say that? No reason. Why are your fingers crossed? No reason. Yep. Why are you, why, why is your face pale as you're considering the implications of this? <laughs> no reason. No reason. <laughs> Yeah, and so they wake up the next morning, and oh look, the skipper's back, and they got Fulgrim, and all of a sudden Chugger decides to not be completely useless and annoying, and it's like, hey Fulgrim, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna help redeem you. Yes. <laughs> this I have to say, this part of Chugger befriending Fulgrim is adorable. It is. Well, um, had it not been for Chug, uh, yeah, I'm gonna vote that I, I didn't have been offering for that little bit. I'm sitting here and thinking, Martin, this is stupid. You do not want to take a fer- half-feral otter with you. Uh, 
to wherever you're going. <laughs> but the fact, I mean, Chug saves it from the, you. this is the kind of thing you guys want to send him back with his Hulk, because they will take care of him, or to frickin' Redwall. Because no. they can at least keep him contained. But the fact that Chug's going to redeem him, okay, fine. I'll look, I'll look past him. <laughs> nah. And the fact that they both, like, when Wolf is... The skipper tries to take him, you know, Fulgrim back home, and Martin's group tries to leave, and Chugger's like, no, Fulgrim's my friend, and Fulgrim's like, no, Chugger's my friend. And they both start crying, which is kind of pitiful. Yeah, and uh, now they're best friends forever. Aww. <laughs> they're going to have lockets by the end of the book, aren't they? <laughs> hey, Friendship bracelet. It Friendship. is great. It is great to have a friend who beats people up for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like Trent is like afraid, like oh, Chugger might be in danger, and Fulgrim's like, I'm gonna keep him safe, and I'm like, yep, don't worry, Trent. I think Chugger's gonna be fine with Fulgrim the Impaler around. Okay. <laughs> yes. You stick with me. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> like being taken in by the Russian mafia or something. Okay. I was gonna say no. I like the I like just the image of an Arnold playing painful. <laughs> I got this picture I of this like... scarred otter with sunglasses and a leather jacket holding a shotgun. <laughs> I'm... If it bleeds, I'm I can kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I need your ship, <laughs> your flint, and your Dead Sea Rat. <laughs> About that ship, because we get we get to our fourth vermin group. Yeah, did they pick like the deadliest path of all time? It's like the entire force is out to kill them. This is just a choose your own adventure. <laughs> they keep making the wrong choice. You know, I'm almost surprised that uh, the publishing company here didn't act. Didn't ask, maybe they did, and we don't. We'll never know that they didn't approach Jake's about if not him, a ghostwriter making a choose-your-own-adventure book in, out of Redwall. That, so that could have been really cool. Yeah, I mean, Animorphs did it. Did they? Yeah, they did. Oh, that's cool. It's, I remember. It's, I think it's alternative morphs. I, don't, I I just I remember listening to an episode or two over on the Morph Club uh, podcast when they covered them, and they had a lot of fun doing it. So. That would be cool. I remember having a uh, Super Mario Brothers one of those when I was a little kid. There were a few of the uh, video game style ones, yeah. yeah. I had a Zelda one. Except, like, I was, um, <laughs> except I was a stupid kid, so I got stuck in one of them because I kept getting stuck in this loop and not choosing the right answer. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I you literally got stuck so and got frustrated with the book. Oh, I totally cheated my way through those <laughs> Almost every time. <laughs> I did that with uh, Goosebumps because there would be bad endings and I was like, I want a bad ending. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what happened. I mean, I mean, we will never know the truth here, but I can act, I can see Jake saying, no, that's a dumb idea, but no, I think that would have actually done pretty well if, yeah. if, if they had made them. And, um... So they get to a part. So this is—I mentioned this earlier. They get to a part where they're on a rap, a set of rapids, and they fall off a waterfall. This happened in Martin the Warrior when they were on their way to Marshank. Yep. So and um, Grum fainted at the yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the shrew ships had like crashed into each other and everything. Yeah, I mean, I did get the impression that 
in Martin the Warrior, Starwart and Marigold were a little bit more in control of mm-hmm. what was going on. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think they were just like, oh, crap, waterfall. Whoa, yep. we're going down the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you like water. And they, they, they kind of, they're, they're, on the, they're on the beach at this point. They follow the stream. They follow, they follow the stream to the ocean. And, and uh, yeah, we get our fourth Verma group. Uh, um, this is another one of, bordering on silly. Uh, the, fo- the fox, here we go. Oh, Look God, here. yeah. We're, again, we get Fulgrim and hate snacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he comes in. Shilabar. And punches him and snaps his neck. <laughs> I mean, literally, literally the chapter begin. the artwork, we'll go over has, how it to- how anthropomorphic in the bit, but oh, we totally skipped the painted ones. Well, sh- crap. Oh, we did. I. Yeah, but they're maybe on pages for for about two or three pages. Yeah, we did. Forgot about them. I'm oh yeah, they did attack and... them, and that was when Fulgrim was like, "I'm gonna keep uh, Chugger safe." Oh. Oh yeah. I think okay. That's. For that, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they painted sped one. Sped through and tried to get that. They tried to speed through, and then they got stuck. And then Martin gets in the water and hacks apart another dam, oh, and yeah. then they get out of there. All right, we've covered the painted one. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, hang, let me Sorry. put two comments towards that, sure. and then I can move on. Uh, first, these painted ones actually speak. Like, yes. From what I was reading, they they have a language compared to the Manamea ones, which. Didn't. And long patrol, uh, they, had their they language, too. I just couldn't understand it. And they're in the long patrol. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and second, Martin manages to scare them off by giving the Badger Lord slash Long Patrol battle cry of Eulalia. Oh yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking like, oh yeah, Salamander still a thing. So uh, <laughs> either either the painted ones are know that Badger war cry and uh, Salamander will occasionally police them. Or they just—he just gave them some. Martin just scared, did the battle cry, and they—they they got the uh, scared for some <laughs> random reason. Loud noises. Ah! Considering it was fire that distracted the Manamayo ones, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so uh, is Sun Flashing residence by this point? Uh, hmm. I would think. No. Well, maybe not, because he is. And that's also another inconsistency because at this point he would be Swart's slave, right? Huh, Maybe. I so. Yeah, I guess so. And that means that he and Swart age super slow because at this point, um, Bell- like the whole events of Outcast of Rebel don't happen until Martin and Gaunt and everyone have died. Huh. Yeah, good point. Uh, I guess he's not in residence and it's just a long patrol... Operating without a badger board. There should be a section of this podcast called Katie nitpicks everything. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. That's what we've kind of been doing at this. Well, how, considering how many inconsistencies we've been pointing out, I think we've all been nitpicking the hell out of this book. Mm-hmm. And that's what criticism is fun to do on the internet. <laughs> well, that's what the Nobody internet can is for: nitpicking everything. Yes. And then, uh. So yeah, they they make it to the ocean and then uh yeah, shallow bar. Uh, okay, that is a stupid name. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say it's a stupid way. name. Shallow bar. I mean, I'm sorry, but when Chicken Hound p- picks out a much better name for himself, 
I don't care if your mother gave it to you, dude. I think you can pick out a better name that's going to be a little more intimidating. <laughs> well, to be fair, in book two, there's a Captain Chop Snout, you know? <laughs> yeah. First yeah, name there is. is. Fox. Fox Fox. <laughs> Foxes get the worst names. <laughs> Fra- Fargle or Fraggle, Chicken Hound, whatever the heck this loser's name is. Um <laughs> Shallow bar. Kangaroo. That, that, yeah, that. Kangaroo. <laughs> Kangaroo. Uh, yeah. So Shallow bar decides to pick on them, and, and either the long patrol is not is not up to full ranks yet because they're the ones that patrol the coast. So yeah, you're a liar, Shallow bar, because you don't own these coasts. The long patrol should. And now, oh, now you're dead. <laughs> and look, you got punched once, and now your neck is broken. Have fun with that. <laughs> yes. And so they steal and, the. Uh, sea rat's ship. The boat. And why does Fermo lick the boat's mast? I don't know. You know. That... Before you, before you, and you gotta wonder about the rats left behind now on the beach, like, well, who's gonna sign this week's paycheck? Ashley's oh. like, not my problem! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll call our union reps. <laughs> Ashley, not it! <laughs> Imagine at, by this point, if Ashley's still alive, he's retired on a beach somewhere drinking some fruity drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he'll never have to worry about Serminia ever again. Yay! Except in fan fiction. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we worry about everything in fan fiction. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Uh, yes, Fermo is licking the mast. Why? I'm like, okay, you're checking everything, and all of a sudden he just licks the mast, and I'm like, um, what? Sigmund Freud would have a lot to say about that. (laughs) Is that a sailor thing? I I hope so. I'm going to Google it. That has a lot to do with semen. (laughs) Oh my goodness, stop! I literally turned on my webcam so these people can see how hard I'm having to hold back a bad joke or laughter. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, this is a PG podcast, and hopefully people won't know what we're talking about. (laughs) Okay, my first Google uh, result was, why is my dog constantly licking? So I don't know why that Oh God! <laughs> oh, God. Right. Wait, licking the ma- I, I probably should not have phrased it. No. Okay. Yeah, Papa Abbott card. Let's <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Wait, because actually, huh? no, I typed in licking the mast, and I got really, really non-PG results. Papa Abbott card. <laughs> oh. I'm move- we're moving on. Oh. I don't delete and, this um, right. So I they find crab. Say it with me. Just like in Moss Flower. Just like in Moss Flower. Just like in Moss Flower. <laughs> and, uh... Gonf gets rid of the crab, not by dancing with it this time, but by making them hold burning sticks that burn them until they run into the water so they don't burn to death. Which makes me wonder, did he find other crabs to experiment on the best way to get rid of them? Or was he just thinking about this constantly, like, in the intervening years between his last encounter with crabs? Like, okay, how can I make this look cooler? 
Hmm. <laughs> or Gomp has become especially better for some reason and wants to make them suffer. Yes. Die, Krabs. <laughs> I hate Krabs. Well, because Columbine got jealous of him dancing with the other ones, so he wanted to find a different way to get rid of them. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we get supposed villains, but oh no, they're actually just hedgehogs in disguise. Yeah. Uh, the last... Again, a last little tribe we're going to run into on the hero side, and it's uh, Dune Spike in his tribe. And he likes to wrestle! <laughs> <laughs> and then we get two pages of Martin practicing dentistry. Yes. Amateur dentist. Yep. And on top of everything else he does. Yeah, though I'm going to have to say, Martin, you're not doing the right job. If you're going to be a dentist, you have to make him be in more pain when you're done. Not less. <laughs> nice. Well, we're going to find out Mariel later. In the, I think it's Bellmaker. She becomes an amateur dentist in the same way. Oh. Same way. Except, <laughs> except it's against a vermin, and she smacks him across the face with her rope. Yes. Yep. So. And he didn't want to lose those teeth. He did not. No. And I find it a little bit annoying how these hedgehogs treat Trimp. They're like, oh, look at how like she's such a pretty little thing, and they're kind of condescending, and I don't know, it's just annoying. Yeah, it was... So, in other words, is this is the same with... Oh, what's her name? The rabbit... The hare. I'm sorry. In Lord Brockery? The hare from uh, Lord Brockery. Dottie? Yeah. Dottie. Dottie. Thank you. Yeah, except she at least, like, asserted herself and everything, whereas Trimp is just... I was waiting for her to say something, and she doesn't do anything. Yeah, and which makes me wonder, does Jake's think this is okay? Because, I mean, I didn't find it horribly offensive. It was just kind of annoying. Because, like... Hashtag toxic hedgehog. hedgehog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't too bad until Dune Spike does it. I'm like, dude, you're like three times her age. Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> this is, is like, really getting creepy now. Is this like strangers calling you sweetheart or honey or whatever? If I just need to ask for directions, like... Hey, do you know where the nearest whatever is? And they're like, oh, sure, honey. Let me take you there, sweetie. It's like, no, I did not ask for that. I just wanted directions. Katie would <laughs> hate the South. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> they, they do that a lot in the South. I, I have to, for my job, I've called hotels in the South. And they're like, sure, honey, one second. <laughs> so they're, they are very, they're very nice. Friendly, <laughs> yes, and it's more annoying if it's, I don't know. It's more annoying if you feel like they're being condescending to you because you have a disability, which I've kind of learned to read from people, if that's the case. If they're just being friendly, it's a different thing, but they're like, oh, you're so precious. You're walking a straight line all by yourself. Oh, you yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so amazing. <laughs> it's just like, no, I'm not. Go away. That's when you stick your dog on them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my, my vicious, vicious golden retriever. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, Martin Russ, Russ, Martin Russell's Dune Spike, and I'm sitting here thinking that my mind ran to the oh, Goron wrestling. Oh wait, no, he doesn't Ryan actually Prince. wrestle Dune Spike, does he? Like Dune Spike wrestles oh, someone else, and yeah. Martin was like, "Let me do another sword trick." <laughs> yeah, and another sword trick he does before more singing. Just yes. keep singing. Just keep singing. <laughs> you can understand. I'm not. Jake's obviously writes for writing songs, and I'm not going to knock him for that. And it's obviously easy filler to write, 
except for the whole rhyming thing. <laughs> but yeah, when you when you're displacing Gomp as the master songmaster, this seems a little off. Yeah. And then towards the end of this portion though, Martin all of a sudden like Dune Spike tells him about like, oh, there was another mouse like you and a squirrel that you know, a black squirrel that reminds me of your friend Fulgrim here, except she didn't bite people's necks off, literally. And, well, she uh, didn't bite people's ears off. This is true. <laughs> and uh, Martin all of a sudden realizes how much filler we've been dealt with and gets really sad again. <laughs> and actually works to get the story back on track. Because he's like, hey, let's move. And they're like, well, let's take your time. He's like, no, this was the whole point of coming out here, you idiots. <laughs> Good lord. And that, uh, they finally make it to the northern caves. And they're like, hey, let's let Martin go up alone. Look, I know Martin can take care of himself, except when he's captured by overwhelming numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot. But I'm going to say, no, you really should be walking with him. Yeah, considering all the danger that they've encountered so far, uh, maybe maybe he shouldn't do this alone. Yeah, if they hadn't been attacked like every five seconds in this book, it would have been like, all right, that's fine. But not to mention the fact that Martin did bring up, say, like, well, my home was constantly under attack by sea rats. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is precedent and for I, this. And I would say Martin should know better, but based on what we know about his memory, I'm not sure that he does. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> but conveniently, he does not encounter any danger. Yeah. No, he finds it. He finds a. Uh, Old man Good news, Abby Dwarf! <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely... I, I've definitely ran to Professor Farnsworth for this. <laughs> and, yeah, it's kind of funny because he's like, you remember me, don't you? And Martin's like, um, yes. Totally remember you. Yep. <laughs> you. This part was heartbreaking for yeah. me. Like, to where oh. Martin finds his home doesn't really remember it, and finds old Virg, who is so happy to see him, and he has to pretend like he knows him. Mm -hmm. And I wish this book had more moments like this. Yeah. yeah. Like, I honestly and, got a little uh, teared up at this part. And then uh, he outright admits, oh, yeah, you're totally, you totally look like Luke, but you have your mother's eyes, Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to bring that up, too. <laughs> Uh, well, and I can I can generally see make that joke because the first Harry Potter joke uh, book came out in '97, and this came out in '99. Yeah. God, this was '99. Yep. Oh my God, I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> this was. So nearly 20 years. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. Holy cow! This was 19 years ago. Wow. <laughs> I was thinking back to like when I read this and I couldn't I was like I swear I read this while I was already in college or like this must have been one of those like no 99 no I was just starting high school yep Jeremy and I are the same age we uh I was in my freshman year of high school in the fall of 99 I was yeah. in so. sixth grade holy crap I was four <laughs> yeah I was gonna say Drew was like a hatchling <laughs> he was a divot I was a young boy <laughs> When Drew was a divin. Yes. <laughs> My mom loves to tell those stories. <laughs> so yeah, and then 
Verg does take the fact that it's not Luke well. He's like, oh, you're Martin? Cool. Well, sorry you're not... I mean, yeah, I haven't seen you in forever either, yeah. so... <laughs> How's it going? You had diaper rash last time I saw you. <laughs> and was, he, was he really expecting to see Luke again? Because he saw him, I guess, I, I can't say spoilers for the ending of book two, because we already did book two. So he saw him go down, like, didn't he see what happened with the ship? And, like, they went down into the sea and connected to the wheel? Like, yeah. I don't know. What? Yeah, why was he hanging out there? Because he said he he did say he was waiting for something, but who was he waiting for? Well, I mean, arguably he could be he could be hoping that another <laughs> one of the another one of the survivors from the tribe who we don't know we don't know what happened to them uh, comes back. Oh, I thought of something. So, maybe maybe the reason that Bo was killed, well, they thought that Bo was killed and they came back, could be that Verg was hoping that Luke did the same thing. Mm. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Though, granted, in... Uh, I don't want to skip ahead, but the very first line in book three is Martin going, so my father died fighting sea rats, and they're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe, you know what? I, I have a theory. Verg heard tales of this crazy stoat wearing a pair of clogs and just had to wait for him and see him. Yep, there you go. We solved it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get Verg basically, Martin walks out with Verg and it's like, hey guys, this is one of my dad's friends. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, uh, uh, Verg outright mentions, oh, there was old Cardo, he could burn a salad. I'm like, <laughs> And Martin's like, yeah, I totally remember him, that goofball. And he's, like, <laughs> awkwardly smiling, like, oh, God. <laughs> and uh, Verg directs them back, you know, directs them to where he's been living. And I have a question. If this entire crew of Gossam and Martin's group could barely reach it, how the heck was he supposed to get back there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he just did it very slowly. Yeah, oh, they, they go through a part where Logalog flat out says, I thought we were going to die. Yeah, maybe it's like this whole season journey for him. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. And uh, Verg, how does Verg make it back between, yeah, spoilers here, between the, the, our ship and the coast? Does he have his own boat? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it doesn't look like he has a boat there or anything. Hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> granted, when he gets back, um, Bo is like, D "Dude, where have you been? Yeah, I you were never coming back." And they still argue, oh, just yeah. like they did in book two. <laughs> Yay! And uh, with Bo, who can't even remember his complete name, and yes, <laughs> and Berg tells him, "It's like that's your silly long name." <laughs> My what? <laughs> and uh, I like it too where they see Fulgrim and uh, Bo's like, I don't know, we could freaking see a shark or two for your friend Fulgrim here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, okay, yeah, so Verg tells, hey, set sail in that direction about two days, and then there's a ship in the middle of the air. Huh. That's normal. There's something you don't see every day. <laughs> and, uh... And why are... Why are they living in a ship when they that we clearly see they can get back to land by some unknown means? Sounds like they wanted to live there. Yeah, maybe it 
had helped them feel closer to Luke and and all the people that they lost. Although you think, by the same token, it'd be rather traumatizing as well. This is true. Mm. Yeah, and then it Ver Ver kind of spoils the end of book two because they ask him, "So how did this happen?" And he tells them how it happened. Yeah, and then it's like, "Wait, did you just spoil the end of the second part of the book?" <laughs> Speaking of books, here's a book we wrote about your dad. We were going to name it Darren Back Again, but the friggin' Hobbits sued us. Oh, man. <laughs> Those Hobbits. We were going to name it Cats in the Cradle, but then Harry Chapin was going to sue us, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. But yeah, they were like, okay, we're going to tell you how your dad died. <laughs> He's dead? Spoilers! <laughs> Luke dies? I was actually going to make we're never going to get around that joke well I was actually going to make the joke earlier that uh, Verg was definitely not waiting for Rose to show up (laughs) yes oh Oh, dude (laughs) going to need some ointment for that burn (laughs) yeah so that's the end of book one Mm mm-hmm and we haven't really learned anything new here. Yeah, we learned that Mossflower is a death trap and you should never leave Redwall. <laughs> yes. And we learned that otters be crazy. Yep. Um. Very. That somehow painted ones are there and, oh, they're gone. <laughs> and, forgettable. <laughs> and uh, crabs now can dance with fire. So, yeah. Yes. Fire pad. Fire pad! <laughs> And, um, and, uh, Flitchai are baby eaters. That's dark. And nobody misses them. And I want flying purple baby eaters. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, uh, it's all set up for us to learn how Luke was a terrible parent, but we already know that. <laughs> so. Yep. I refer you back to episode 10. <laughs> Indeed. It's been a while. So yeah, uh, looking ahead here, the oh, looking ahead, uh, book three is kind of on the, on the line. It's shorter than the Mossflower book three. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> okay then. Um, yeah, so they don't have to be next. So uh, what else? How anthropomorphic are they? In the- Anthropomorphic are they? Uh, yeah, pretty very. Pretty very. Uh, chapter pretty. In... <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they are anthropomorphic because uh, all pretty much all the individual chapter art, the cover art is pretty darn clear about this. I didn't really pick up on anything that would suggest more of the feral side here. I would like to thank the artist for this book for not doing anything with uh, Fulgrim biting the rat's head off. No. Your copy doesn't have that? (laughs) (laughs) No, it also does not have a picture of Logalog licking the mast. (laughs) Drew ended up with the version that the the (laughs) publishers, the editors looked at are like, we can't give this to children! (laughs) But it's signed! You get the unreleased version. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's kind of cool that yours is signed, dude. That's awesome. I know. I literally, I was just 
flipping through, and I was like, oh, somebody scribbled in this. <laughs> oh, Brian Jake scribbled in this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as one does. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. That's Legend of Luke Book 1. Yeah. I'm making sure I didn't freak I didn't lose and forget anything there, but yeah, I think we covered all of our major notes. Yep. <sighs> uh series lore, yeah, we already mentioned the connections to other books because well, it, it it's there. Yeah. So. Even the swans. Even the swans. Yep. Yeah. Okay, great. Um So, you can find us on the internet. Do you want me to... Recorder on the wall. <laughs> or do you want I can to do, do it. it. I mean, I'm not saying no. I can do it. Just don't do it in one breath. Huh? Just don't do it in one but breath. it's fun to do that. <laughs> Alright, go, Jeremy, go. I'm not going to say no. You can find us at recorderonthewall.com or on iTunes and Google Play Podcast. We are on the Eulalia subreddit as well as on the official Mossflower forums. We have a Twitter account at ROTWpod and ROTWpod at gmail.com for all your email needs. You did it! Yay! Either that or you can lick a mirror. <laughs> what? Wait, what? That's also how you contact us. Wikimir in uh, shout log to log three times. Three times, I was gonna say. That. <laughs> so you just go log a log a log a log a log a log a log a. Yeah. Ping. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then I'm Pete. I'm Jeremy. I'm Katie. I'm Drew. We just went in the opposite order of how we introduced <laughs> ourselves. We are geniuses. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye. Folks. Bye, everybody. Ciao.